This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha Ha Laugh Funny Mention It All, a Bravo by Betches podcast. We don't say that, but now we said it. With Dylan Hafer. Hold on, check me, boo. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer, and today I am joined by a guest that I'm very excited about. He's never been on the show before, but we've been uh, I'd say Bravo, you know, social media friends for a long time. Um, please welcome Gibson Johns, the host of We Should Talk, which is an in the know podcast. Gibson, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I, I've I feel like I've been waiting for this day. You know, I've, we, we've been we've been we've been social media friends for a while. We met for the first time in person a couple of months ago, but um, I'm excited we, to get to talk to you. We met at that fateful night. What's <laughs> the the book launch party that was? Truly an event to remember. <laughs> yeah, it was. We haven't gotten a second BravoCon, but I would say that's the closest we've gotten to that. What was your most um, like amusing Bravo Lab interaction at that party? Would you say? I had a couple. I would say a highlight was definitely doing a photo booth moment with like most of the New Jersey cast. That was definitely very fun. I think we were holding diamonds though, so like it wasn't totally. A perfect yeah. moment. I, I had like a like a heart to heart with Mary Amons from DC, and then I also had like a an interaction with Leanne and Cameron from Dallas, who were like all over the place. Yeah, I think we jointly had that interaction with Leanne and Cameron, and it, we sure just, did. It just went on for a while. <laughs> yes, yeah, to the point where like Leanne came over, Cameron left, <laughs> and then she was, and then whoever she had been talking to in the meantime, that conversation totally ended. So Cameron had to like drift back into our conversation. She clearly didn't want to be doing. So Leanne was just going on about something i forget what it was yeah but, leon lockin yeah. always always a trip <laughs> yes yes um, so we today are mostly here to talk about real housewives of salt lake city and when i asked you to come on the show last week it was like okay great we'll recap this episode that's like the zion trip cool and then in the time that has elapsed since then salt lake city has um become ground zero for Exploded. whatever the fuck is going on with Jenny. Exactly. What was your like first reaction when you saw those posts that were going viral last week? And how do you feel kind of in the few days since then as it's been dealt with or not dealt with? Yeah. So I was on, I was on a full day shoot that day. So I will, I like literally wasn't on Twitter all day and I was sort of like, you know, you know, when you're on your phone like, for like two seconds, mm-hmm. you sort of see something pop up. And I, I think it was actually a Bravo by that just post where it was sort of like you had the screenshot of Heather Gay. That was like when you see the, the, the resurfaced Facebook post. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? So I looked at that really quickly and I was just like, Jesus Christ, like this is just objectively blatantly racist and and yeah. inexcusable. And I mean, like all the all the all the above words and. I think one of the things that kind of just, I don't know if it was stunned me or shocked me or wasn't surprising, but like just how recent they were, you know, it was, it was a year and a half ago. And, and that to me just like brings it to a whole other, a whole other level of like just dumbfounding and, and, and like in in multiple ways, sort of like, how are these just discovered? How were they not discovered when she was cast on the show? Yeah, especially I think the timeline with when she came on the show, because she started filming basically at the beginning of 2021, right. which means that these Facebook posts were like three months before that. And it's like, did they... Which like, is like, what the... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then I think um, it, it, it just snowballed so quickly from there, right? So it's like, you know, you have this disgusted reaction to these posts and then you're sort of like, okay, where are the reactions from the cast members? Or is Bravo going to condemn this? Or is Andy going to speak out? And... Um, you know, I think there's, I don't really know what the precedent is for all of this. I feel like they sort of, it sounds like they sort of, it feels like they sort of do it on case by case situation. Yeah. I feel like we, we've gotten so many different reactions over the years, but I think one of the things that also confused me was like, 
okay, like they're starting to release these statements and nobody's mentioning Jenny by name. And it's sort of like, what is the directive that's happening behind the scenes here? Um, which I still don't really understand what it was. Yeah, it seems kind of unclear because at first, Jen Shaw was the only one who had kind of called right. it out, you know, called right. out Jenny by name. And then there were like these rumors that Jen was going to get fired because they were so mad that she had called out Jenny specifically, which like, I feel like anytime something like this happens on Bravo, there's always that first round of like rumors and sources. And I'm very much like, I'm going to wait like a couple days until things settle. And so it doesn't, I don't think Jen Shaw is getting fired, at least not for this. Um, But yeah, then that for everybody else was kind of making these, you know, they weren't vague because we knew what they were about, but they weren't also saying exactly what it was. Um, And then I noticed like Meredith just like tweeted something extremely vague, but then, yesterday posted something that was like, I want to be more specific. Like I'm disgusted by my co-workers post. Exactly. Like, right. Exactly. I, I love when a housewife calls another housewife, their co-worker, because to me, that's just <laughs> it's a like, reminder of their actual relationship. <laughs> it's like both shady and just extremely honest about the fact that it's like, we're not friends outside of yeah, this context. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And I think with the, with the gen firing, like that, that rumor that came out, I think like a day or two later or something, it was sort of like, yeah, you know, what was the likelihood that she was going to be fired over speaking out against anti-Black right. Lives Matter posts? Likely, like, no, that, that that wasn't super likely. But I think even just the fact that it was a rumor that was being allowed to be believed for a day or a day or a half a day, to me, just spoke to like, okay, like we need we need some sort of some sort of response here. You know what I mean? Right. And especially yeah, was, especially because those rumors weren't about Jenny, who should, if anybody's going to be fired, it's Jenny who shared those exactly. posts. Yeah, and I, like you, was a little confused about what precedent has been set at Bravo mm-hmm. with these things. I literally scrolled back on Bravo's Instagram all the way back to like summer 2020 because I was like, mm-hmm. I need to see like what was happening in this moment because in pretty quick succession we had the post about Stassi and Kristen and Brett and Max being fired from Vanderpump Rules. And that was obviously, you know, not a super similar situation to Jenny's, but, you know, kind of in that sphere. And then that guy Pete was fired from Below Deck Med just a couple weeks after that. And both times they got these, you know, text posts on the Bravo Instagram feed that was like, the production company and the network are like, you know, whatever, whatever. And, you know, since then they spoke out you know, in support of Tiffany Moon that one time when Cameron and her family were coming at her. And, you know, they've posted in the past about, you know, reaffirming their commitment to Black Lives Matter and all this stuff. And so it is a little confusing when it, you know, as a fan, as a person who, you know, works in the realm of all of this stuff, it's like, okay, so what is the actual, like, company priority? Because, you know, they did a whole special called a movement, not a moment. And then it's like, okay, mm-hmm. so where's the so movement So let's, let's continue this movement. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. And and then I, I also think about the moment where it's like Kenya wore the the yeah. Native American Halloween costume. And they, you know, they I think they released a statement and edited it out of the episode or something like that. I, you know, it, it, I can't remember exactly what they, but, it, it, but they acted fairly quickly on that as well. Yeah. So, and she was um, clearly like, forced to apologize basically i actually have seen the rerun of that episode and it's extremely funny because they just blur out her costume oh they blur it oh my (laughs) gosh i haven't watched that there's a couple shot like i think they did edit out edit her out of some of the shots but then also they just like fully (laughs) blur out the costume wow okay yeah i haven't seen that i need to go back and watch that (laughs) oh my gosh um Okay, so we'll see what happens with Jenny. I have to say, the Watch What Happens Live moment last night with Lisa and Andy, I expected Andy to say something, but then he really just asked Lisa what she thought and then moved right along. So I was expecting a little bit more of a statement there. Yeah, I, I think I think I was too, and I think everyone kind of was. And it was, I think, I know that episode was definitely recorded. Like, it, it wasn't a live episode, but still, it, it was obviously after those posts emerged. So it's sort of like... The posts sort of speak for themselves, right? Like they should, they should, they merit a response and they merit a condemning of, of the posts. And, um, you know, I think, you know, you want to think that there's sort of like a longer, a longer 
term play that they're in terms of what their what their response is going to be. Um, it seems like it's going to play out at least at the beginning of this next season. But mm-hmm. um, I do think that people are owed um, a more immediate response when stuff like this pops up um, because I unfortunately it, like stuff like this is clearly getting through the cracks of the casting process and yeah. um, which is really really unfortunate um, and like you know I think that there somebody has to answer for that so totally on a lighter mm-hmm. note i did love on watch what happens live when andy just says to lisa the reactions to your reunion outfits were really poor <laughs> he's like what do you have to say about that she's like i don't know i think everyone is comfortable i loved my dress so like uh <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I just listened to the bitch Dash episode about about those reunion outfits and it's just like <laughs> They're right. Like everyone, it's there has never been such a universally negative reaction to reunion outfits, and right, uh, it's again. I still don't know what the directive was because you know there's always a directive on the outfits and right. Like the jewel they clearly tones. got they clearly got the jewel tone memo, but it's like, are we going for like formal wear? Is mm. is it just like anything goes as long as it's blue or purple? Oh my gosh, <laughs> really did, upsetting. And to be fair, like. I guess Lisa's, I mean, like, it's all relative, but her outfit was honestly one of, or her dress was one of my, I guess, top half of that group. Yes. <laughs> but, that, you know, it's slim pickings there, so. <laughs> I think Lisa's reunion look will be a win as long as she cannot have the spray tanned uh, orange hands sure. this year. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's only one way to go from there <laughs> with that. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at Honey honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. Okay, so on this episode that we had last night, the ladies are in Zion. (laughs) They do a flashback to the bus, which reveals that they've been in Zion for less than nine hours, which is just unfathomable (laughs) to me. We're getting two episodes out of, like, 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I think this season of Salt Lake, it's a, it's a pretty long season of Housewives. It seems like they've earned it. But this trip, especially, even the women, you can tell, are like, wait, fuck, this is the first day we've been here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, Jen literally how says that when stay? she's, she, like, she hugs <laughs> Meredith that, like, wait, we're, you know, I'm jumping ahead. But, like, she hugs Meredith and she says that. And they almost, like, laugh. They're like, holy shit. Like... <laughs> It reminds me the, of that, a Summer House episode from last season where it's all in one day. And you're just like, oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. The, the trajectory of, like, Meredith being okay with people and then blowing up and then being happy again. And, like, Jen kind of has the same roller coaster ride. This episode really was kind of emotional whiplash of like, wait, who's screaming at who? Now they're sleeping in the bed together. Now they're in the pool. Together. Like it was chaotic and in in an, in a way that I found really enjoyable. But it is just kind of wild how these women can go at it and then like be chill the next moment. Oh, completely. And you're right. Sometimes there are moments and I think one of the biggest moments of this was when Jen and Jen and Lisa were arguing on the Sprinter van. But like They'll have full-fledged arguments for five or ten minutes that they show us, and I honestly lose track of what we're even arguing about. I'm like, this person didn't have their back, and then it's also I feel like there's like a hidden meaning in some of these arguments. Um, but it was complete whiplash. Meredith left and came back three times. I counted. I was like, <laughs> I mean, because she had to have her say, I guess. But 
I, I, you know, and then, and then she, you know, she, she was definitely on one. She was slipping into her like slightly different voice, you know, like there, there, mm-hmm. she puts a different inflection on some of the words when she gets in, yeah. the, in that, in the heat of the moment. Um, but, yeah, and, but also I think sometimes these arguments get so overwhelming for me where like there are some hidden comments in these arguments that like could be a 15 minute conversation in and of themselves, but they just get glossed over. Like I think we're we're kind of glossing over a lot of the like Meredith was seeing this guy when she was separated from Seth and Jen might have hooked up with him. And like these comments keep kind of surfacing, but we haven't fully attacked them. Right. There are actually, if you go through down the list of this cast, there are several cheating rumors slash accusations that have been thrown out there, and somehow none of them have really become storylines on the show yet, because you obviously have, you know, the uh, (laughs) Meredith having 10 boyfriends, and as Lisa says in the next episode, fucking half of New York City. Um, (laughs) Oh my god. I'm still reeling from that. The idea that Jen has potentially cheated on Sharif, which we have never quite unpacked. And mm-hmm. then there's also been a rumor online, so I mean, grain of salt, that Mary was having an affair with Cameron at some point in the past. And it's like, wow, we really have, there's truly a lot going on here, considering that none of these things have even really been topics of conversation on the show that much. They're kind of throwaway things. Yeah, and to me that speaks to sort of, I'm definitely enjoying the season still, but it's speaking to sort of Again, this feeling of being a little bit overwhelmed by just how much, by just how much is going on. Because, like, you know, we came into the season, at least I came into the season thinking, okay, is this going to be mainly about Jen Shaw? But then it mm-hmm. kind of ended up being, for a while, mainly about Mary and her church and those accusations. But then, like, we have these things, like, even, if, even like, the sort of Im- seeming implosion of Lisa and Meredith's friendship, or some of these cheating accusations, or other things that are popping up that that on other seasons of other franchises would be a full season. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Lisa and Meredith's friendship, to me, that reminds me of Carol and Bethany potentially fall, when they when they fell out, Jill and Bethany falling out. Like those were full season situations. And it's like, we have like five or six of those that could represent full seasons happening at the same time. And I'm, there's all these threads that are just interweaving with one another. Yeah. And I mean, I, I have to say, like I have been enjoying this season, but like I really... I'm good on the idea that Meredith was involved with Jen's arrest same. in some way. Like we, I think everybody watching the show is like on the same page that that didn't happen. And Completely. so it's like, it's almost a little bit like, can we stop like going back and forth and talking about this when there's all this other stuff that we could maybe dig into a little bit more? Because like, I think Meredith, her reaction to this like FBI rumor is basically just to like, l- laugh because it's so ridiculous and then kind of be like wait do you guys actually think that this is something real because if you do like what the fuck i know and that's kind of been my feeling watching it because i'm like this isn't true like this isn't what happened come on totally it was kind of like a funny thing to like you know mention when the trailer came out and then maybe those first couple episodes like when Meredith was on Watch What Happens Live, like very early in the season, she sort of played at coy when she was asked about it. It was kind of a fun. It was kind of a fun game. We were all playing together, but ultimately, we all I think believe that it wasn't that she was not involved. And now we're sort of you know two months later, and we're still kind of like you know quote unquote parsing through that question. And Meredith's just laughing it off in real time. So I, I'm with you in that. I'm be, I'm over it, and I also think that it's. It's almost serving as a distraction to the actual real issue at hand, which is what Jen is accused of, right? And and I and I, you know, she, I think throughout you know the season, she's just kind of said, "Oh, those are false accusations." Like, you know, she's called it like the court situation. Like, she, I just don't feel like she's actually ever had to explain anything involved, and, and it's probably like a legal right. thing where she can't talk about it. But I, it's weird that we're talking about okay, who informed them versus like, okay, did Jen actually do this or not? Yeah, there's been very little discussion of the kind of particulars of what's going on with Jen's situation. Right. And it's all been sort of focused on, like, you're either my friend or you're not. And it's like, okay, well, there's this whole, you know, like, most people, like, they don't indict people with whatever. And Jen, multiple times, both on the show and on social media, has kind of thrown around this idea that she's being persecuted with no evidence and they have no, you know, no standing to do this. And it's like, 
you can say that all you want, but that doesn't make it true. Like the the fact of the matter is that there's evidence. Like we've seen evidence, right? And that that isn't even the full picture because mm-hmm. just knowing how this court that she's being charged in works, they don't charge people unless they know you did it, basically, for the most part. I mean, they have to be really confident. Exactly. Right. Obviously, like, Jen is innocent until proven guilty. That's how our legal system works. But like, to just kind of keep going with this idea that they're coming at you with bullshit charges with no evidence, it's like, I mean... (laughs) Exactly. And that's why I I just kind of am confused why the cast is just sort of taking that and not pushing back on it that much and I think you know like for example like Meredith and Jen had that hug on last night's episode and that was very unexpected and Mm -hmm. you know I do believe that Meredith has compassion for Jen I don't think that Meredith's lying just to kind of get Jen off her back I think that Meredith genuinely does feel for her when it comes to like the effect that this can all have on her family and all that but I also think that Meredith is just kind of like doesn't want to be associated with her I think that that's kind of because I think Meredith obviously believes the charges Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just think it's, but I, but I, but it almost is like she doesn't even want to go there in terms of like, okay, let's pick apart what the allegations are. Yeah, I actually thought a couple episodes ago when Meredith told Jen, she's like, "You need friends right now," and I can't, I can't do that. I thought that was. I understand why it was upsetting to Jen, but I thought that Meredith actually was really mature for Same. expressing that because it's like. Sometimes you have to know when you have to tap out and that like Meredith's presence isn't going to help Jen in the next few months, but she, you know, still, (laughs) I don't know. Has compassion for her in terms of her family, for sure. Yeah, it's just like kind of wild to watch this unfold knowing that Jen is like potentially, maybe theoretically could be going to prison for like kind of a long time. And it's like, but yeah, I guess like enjoy your trip to Zion now. (laughs) I know it's really wild, especially to hear that now they're like filming season three and, you know, she's been spotted filming. It's sort of like, okay, so and the and the court date is really coming up. So it's sort of like, how can they not be talking about some of this stuff? I know. And on Watch What Happens Live last night, Lisa, they did like a Jen or Meredith game and they asked who she left the reunion feeling closer to. And she just said neither. So mm. um I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jen is the kind of person where she doesn't really, the way she behaves isn't something that's going to make people, like, come back to your friendship. It's like, I feel like she kind of is like, once she's exiled you, why would you want to go back? And somehow Mm -hmm. she still has Heather under this friendship juice spell, but the rest of them I don't really understand. I don't know. I agree. Yeah, and it's every time you think Heather might, like, stray a little bit from that loyalty she just doesn't and i think i don't fully understand it myself but Mm -hmm. i guess i understand why why i guess i understand her reasoning that as as she has explained it you know what i mean but i don't i can't fully wrap my my mind around around that that level of uh loyalty i guess so just just, yeah i i guess like i luckily have not been in a position where i'm forced to spend time with somebody who's like i hope we never do dylan i I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around the food the venue the music the overall vibe and you're making like that mental checklist of if i were planning a wedding right now maybe you are maybe you aren't what would i want to copy from this what would i want to change what would i want to tweak well i've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years and i know just how stressful the process can be you go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye but using zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want with tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. So then the next morning when Meredith storms down the stairs 
that in was... In her sunglasses. <laughs> in her sunglasses and screams about them, talking about her sister and her father. That was a moment where I truly was like, what is going on? And then when we found out what was going on, I still didn't feel like I knew what was going on. Because it was so, it was another thing of like, there was this game of telephone and Meredith is saying what happened and Lisa's like, well, that's not what happened. And also, I didn't bring it up for that reason. I brought it up for this reason. And, you know, I think it is kind of like fucked up for these women to be like speculating all this stuff about her father's Mm -hmm. memorial service. But at the same time, you know, they're on this show to be messy, and I right. I can't say I'm not, like, interested to know if Meredith lied to not go on the bus. Right, yeah, and it's, 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 again, it's like, okay, Lisa went to somebody's room after hours, the cameras were not there to capture it, they weren't mic'd, you know, they had been drinking a lot, and it's sort of, it's really hard to tell, okay, did Lisa misrepresent what was said on the Sprinter van? Did Meredith misinterpret that? Is it like kind of an alcohol-fueled mis- misremembering of that conversation that they had at 3 a.m. the night before? But clearly, but clearly Meredith woke up and just snapped into like, <laughs> like, holy shit, threw on those sunglasses and just like all hell broke loose. <laughs> and I have to tell you, one of my favorite, I mean, I think one of the things that I'm missing from Salt Lake is kind of like a breather moment, right? It's sort of like, yes. like they they were they were kind of giving us these like scenes where Heather would be with her siblings and talk about sort of their past and their relationships together and that those sort of represent for me those served as like okay let me take a deep breath for this segment of the show in between Mm -hmm. big drama but i guess the only kind of moment from last night that we got that was like watching jen whitney and heather hide in heather's bed heather had the had the sugar had the sugar baby candy whitney had the (laughs) pitcher of water jen had that gucci fedora and sunglasses on i mean like that to me it gave the levity to it gave some levity to that moment where I could like laugh where yes. I'm with you where I wasn't really sure what was going on but I, I I was laughing when Whitney's like I made eye contact with Meredith and then just kept walking ah. I was like I can't do this right now I do there's some this the idea of being like stuck in a house like this when you have somebody who's just in like complete loose cannon mode and mm-hmm. I mean really they have two or three people like that in this house currently you know it's just a question of who's going off at what time but it I mean that sounds unbelievably stressful as somebody who doesn't like confrontation and who you know just wants to like chill in my bed and have my personal space I <laughs> I uh, I mean yikes <laughs> Especially when you're sort of the innocent bystander, but if you are in the right, wrong place at the wrong time, you could easily get caught, caught in that crossfire. You know what I mean? Because, like, you know, chances are you were on that sprinter van and you were just having snacks and watching it all go down. But, man, I don't know, it just, it's, uh, I'm with you. <laughs> and it, it's a difference, like, comparing this to the Miami trip that's happening right now. Like, at that dinner, they sat down. And, you know, two minutes into the dinner, Marisol is like, so who does everyone trust the least? And it's like, (laughs) you know, that seems like a very calculated, like, I'm sure that a producer was involved in like, hey, Marisol, like, maybe at dinner you could like, play a game. This fun icebreaker. (laughs) (laughs) But at Salt Lake, it just feels like everything is just like, almost happening faster than production can keep up with that it's like wait 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 wait. like why are you two fighting now like you you were hugging last night and now it's like 9 a.m and nobody's even in glam yet and you're all like storming around the house that's a really good point it's it's almost at a pace that i don't know if i've ever experienced on a housewives show before in terms of Mm -hmm. i mean as a viewer it's just it's i think you're right but but even we saw a lot of cameras last night in the in the dinner party scene like they couldn't even get out of the way quick enough for all the back and forth that were happening Right, it's like Meredith. Are you staying at the table or are you running back inside? Because our shots really are not. We're doing laps. <laughs> no, but I think yeah. you're right. It's 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 they really, it's it's. I can't even imagine the job of being a producer having to follow those threads in real time because it's. I can't even follow it now with the edited package. Right, and normally I feel like the producers, like the the field producers that are there with them, kind of have time to like you know take so- their their cast member aside and kind of talk through how they're feeling and like, you know, maybe give them some suggestions for what they could do the next time they're all together. But it's like, it really feels like all of this is just like 
tumbling out of, you know. Yeah. And it's exciting, but at the same time, it's also a stressful viewing experience because, you know, they're getting ready to have their club Zion night, and it's like, how is this going to go off the rails? You know, mm-hmm. it, and it it doesn't really. It seems like everybody actually manages to have a good time. <laughs> I was going to say that I really enjoyed that we ended the episode with, like, 10 minutes of just pure drunken fun till, till 4 in the morning. I, I appreciated ending on that note. I love seeing, like, hungover housewives. It really oh, is just... there's nothing better. It's everything. And seeing those four women wake up in the same room and none of them knew what was going on. It's, I mean, you just, it's perfect. I mean, I love how Mary, they're in the kitchen and, and Mary's like, oh, I remember everything. Actually, I just remember you guys in swimsuits for some reason. Like, <laughs> it's like three nobody bikinis. fully remembers. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, it's like, all I saw was three bikinis. It's like, Mary... But- I saw that watching them in that kitchen, you know, we see like the cut up, the, the dried up cut up limes on the counter. The Lisa's coming down with like her big gulp, but also like a glass of wine from the night before that was probably by her bed and like another drink. It reminds me of like share houses that I've done before where it's like, you know, everyone just convenes in the kitchen. What do you remember? Let's piece it together. But it's all it's all in good fun, at, at least at that point. I really liked the continuity of we see Lisa coming off the bus back from the slot canyon with the giant Coke in hand, and then the next morning bringing it downstairs. It's like, <laughs> I like that we can, fo- we can follow the trajectory of Lisa's Completely. Uh, Diet Coke. Yeah, I, I, uh, an extra large soda from a fast food chain is absolutely, you know, to Lisa Barlow, is the same thing as a red solo cup is to Kim Zolciak. That is, that's where, yes. it's, it's, it's a thing that just always, always needs to be there. It's in the Lisa Barlow starter pack, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I The Slot Canyon was also fun. I feel like mm-hmm. housewife trip activities, it's kind of like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah. you have to plan something. But I do like, in on Salt Lake City, it's like, everything is very scenic. I like that we get a little bit of... A little bit of nature and my one of my favorite details of the episode was that mary cosby was wearing the brooks marks matching set the whole time such a supportive friend <laughs> oh my god it's, it's so funny good because i'm like mary and meredith's friendship is something that i feel like has sort of confounded everyone this season that it's like meredith just seems to have this like weird weird soft spot for mary that nobody can really explain and somehow seeing her in the the jumpsuit was like damn like yeah i guess they yeah they, i i guess it makes yeah. sense but i still don't fully understand it but i i agree and there's like there's hints of like oh it's maybe not just surface level you know there is some like you know he's wearing the sweats wearing the tracks there's, there's all there's other moments but and i think that honestly mary this episode had a really mary had a pretty good episode this time when i think she did. She apologized to Jenny when she didn't need, but I don't think she really needed to. But I think that made her the bigger person in the, in that situation. But then also, kind of in a more on a lighter note, she was doing kind of a lot of really good periphery work this episode. Like I think that I loved I loved watching her come down from from that canyon. But also like whenever Meredith was storming in and out, she was kind of sort of following her, making side comments. She was like watching Jen and Meredith's hug from the bed, but not really participating mm-hmm. in the conversation she brought up the huevos rancheros for meredith and then like stood there like kind of like for a little bit too long <laughs> but then like eventually exited the- she was doing some good side work in-, in this episode which i appreciated it does feel like on this trip once she actually got there i guess it kind of kicked in at the white party dinner she actually mm-hmm. feels like she is an active participant in this trip whereas i feel like a lot of the time that she's been on the show she's either not shown up like she didn't go on the vegas trip last right. season or she's kind of been it feels like she is like just waiting for her ride to show up so she can leave and this trip it it actually seems like she kind of is you know getting her head in the game a little bit obviously we know she's not going to be on the show for very much longer right. but her interactions with Jenny are really interesting because obviously they haven't been getting along super well but Jenny still seems to be kind of in the point where she's like I don't know like maybe Mary and I can figure our stuff out. Like, I, I don't know what, you know, I don't really have a problem with Mary. Whereas Mary doesn't even want to hear Jenny's voice. She's like, right. I can't with her. I can't with her. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. And like, you know, as much as Mary is like a bad person, I'm like, yeah, like, I guess, you know, call it like you see it with Jenny. I'm, totally. I can't say yeah. too much about I, her I, either. I don't blame her for not wanting to speak with Jenny. Like, that's 
completely her prerogative and makes sense, especially given everything we know now. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad she walked away in that moment, to be honest. And then when she finally does apologize to her, it's really an apology with an excuse versus like, you know, she's basically saying, I don't want to be friends with you because I don't want to be friends with anyone new versus like, she's like, it's not you, it's me, but like, we're still not going to be friends. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, I appreciate the honesty. And also Mm -hmm. in terms of Jenny, when going back to the stuff about Meredith's dad's memorial, the flashback to the sprinter van really makes it seem like Jenny is the one who kind of was planting that seed of doubt because, you know, Heather brings up, you know, makes some comment about that Meredith was at the memorial and Jenny's the one that's like, or was she? And it's like, wait, what? what? Do you like, like, where did that come from? Exactly. Yeah. Jenny. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've had kind of up and down feelings about Jenny throughout this season. And so like, if she ends up not returning next season or whatever, even without those Facebook posts, I wasn't going to have really that big of feelings about it, but I don't know. She kind of, she can be like a little sneaky, messy sometimes. Yeah, I agree. I, I really, the, her, I mean, I mean, look back, it's like her, the first half of the season for her was just her and her husband having those like repetitive, wild sister wife conversations that just like were really dark. And like, I wasn't even sure if they were really like super true or like yeah. just for the show kind of thing. Um, and I just don't think she's ever really made a huge impact on the show. And at this point, her impact is, she has made an impact, but in a really, really negative way and with her little racist Facebook post. So I just don't see any redeeming reason to bring her back and put her and kind of give her a platform like that. And, and even right. last night when she's talking about how she had to go to anger management because she like broke her husband's ribs by throwing stuff at him or something like that. Like that was a total really dark aside comment that, we spent zero seconds on but like they're right. just really there's a lot of tidbits there that i'm just like i don't know if i need this and then it just i don't know yeah I that was an extremely extremely strange thing to just kind of throw in and she said that in her confessional too it's not even like it was a scene that happened on the show so she had to talk about it it was right. like she brought it up so and why are you volunteering this information right like yourself? it's one thing to say like oh like i had some anger issues so i like when I saw someone, like, I figured it out. But being like, I used to get so angry. Like, one time I threw my husband into the wall. It's like, no, so that's off. not like, that's not like a little. That's like dark. Like a little, yeah, exactly. There's some yeah. darkness there. And I, I agree the sister wife conversations early in the season were giving me a little bit of like, uh, Melissa and Joe Gorga storyline vibes. Where it's like every season there's something happening in their family that's like, Right, but, and she wasn't even, and she wasn't even filming with the group really that much. And it was just like, I, she, it's been a really weird season for me for Jenny, and I wasn't sold, and now I'm completely not not buying what she's selling. And it's, um, I don't know. I think that I think that they can find a better, uh, in mul- multiple ways, a better person to fill her spot on the show. There have got to be some women somewhere in Utah that are like messy and thirsty in the way that we love, without being. <laughs> A hundred percent without being without being like political or, or yeah. bigoted. Exactly. Yeah. Or like at the insurrection. <laughs> Wait, I forget. Was there anything bad that came out about Angie? Because I'm I'm kind of confused about where she I I, I I feel like there is a story out there that I haven't that I don't remember, but I kind of wish she she showed so much promise. I think Angie is like Trumpy, but not oh. necessarily problematic in the same way that Sarah or Jenny have turned out to be. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, Ugh. whatever. It's, I'm. It really never... puts all bad taste in your mouth. Really, the whole thing. I. I know. It's like I. I am never going to be the person who expects every housewife to like agree with me politically. Because to be For honest, sure. you would cancel out half of Bravo, and we mm-hmm. wouldn't have anything to talk about. But it's like we can draw a line at like no, but, posting but, but memes Jenny's about. Stuff, but yeah, yeah. Jenny's stuff is politics. It's like a human. It's a humanity thing. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. 
April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Before we wrap up, I want to ask you about Miami because yes. I didn't get to talk oh about God, Miami last week and I certainly have thoughts. Uh, how so are you? How are you feeling about this season? And what is it exceeding your expectations when they announced that they were doing this reboot. So I I'm loving this season. I think it's really really fun and refreshing. I think it's it's kind of it's kind of gives me a mix of like mo- like current day housewives but also there's some ele- elements of some like kind of retro elements of housewives in there that I really appreciate. Um so when they announced it I I binged Miami this fall gearing up for the reboot for the first mm-hmm. time. So I was like it was so fresh in my mind. I was obsessed with the show. So I was just like so ready for it and I think they brought back the right people. Um, I think, you know, there's been a lot of talk about like, why are Madriana and Marisol friends of? But I think the people that they've made full-time cast members for the most part have proven why they are full cast members. So it's, everyone's pulling their weight, I think, for the most part. Um, I mean, Alexia is pulling like triple the weight. Of <laughs> I mean, she's she's really like, her storyline <laughs> is, is so amazing and so wild. But um, I'm loving it. I love that it feels like, there's real money in Miami. And like, I, I think that that's something we've been missing from some housewives. And I think that's, um, it adds to like the aspirational aspect of this. Um, and then I think in Montauk, it's like, they hit the ground running on this trip. I mean, th- th- let's see, that episode was less than 24 hours. And we got some of the most fighting we've had over rooms at, at, at a, on a trip in a long yeah. time that led to other arguments that led to an amazing dinner party. Yeah, I feel like the first day of that trip really unfolded in a pretty exciting way. And like, you know, like we were talking about on Salt Lake City, kind of how fast everything is happening. In the When they got to the Montauk house, it was like, okay, they had this argument with the rooms and Lisa, you know, stating her case that she doesn't share rooms, all of this. And then everybody kind of went their separate ways and then, like, reconvened for dinner. And, like, of course, you know, that's a logistical thing of, like, getting ready for dinner. But it also gives the producers time to get in there and be like, okay, so what's happening next? And I thought the dinner was really amazing. I think Marisol is, like, the perfect messy friend role. Like, I think that's great for her because she's been kind of a sounding board for Alexia. She can kind of stir the pot, but she doesn't 
need to have that much storyline of her own. Yeah, I, I interviewed Marisol um, on my podcast. It's coming out like next week, I think. But she, I was, I just asked her. I was like, when you signed up to come back, did you always know you're going to be a friend of? And she was like, Yeah, I'm really happy with my role. I'm literally there to, like you said, being that be that sounding board for Alexia because there is so much going on in her life, and they are such trusted but like good friends. And um, like I agree, she, I think she's serving her purpose really well on this show. Um, and you know she she serves the pot immediately at that dinner and then i think that like larsa and nicole like they both really came alive for me in that Mm -hmm. dinner um in ways that we hadn't really seen yet on this season um like to me i was i was always sort of curious if larsa was gonna be more than just sort of like the intrigue around her association with the kardashians and sort of that's what i think was what we thought about coming in but she was really like letting it fly at that dinner and Nicole was really defending herself in a in a way that impressed me. I'm loving Nicole and I I agree. I have been pleasantly surprised with Larsa on this season because Same. I think for obviously when people think of Real Housewives of Miami, it's like, okay, Larsa, yeah, Larsa's an OG. Like I know she was on that show. But when you go back and watch, she was only on one season that was like six episodes long. And so she was mm-hmm. she was really only a housewife for such a brief period of time. And then since then, she wasn't even living in Miami. So there's, it felt when they announced that she was coming back, I was kind of like, I feel like they're just doing it because she has this clout associated with her. Yeah, it felt like stunt casting. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I personally, you know, that can work sometimes, but I feel usually better about casting when it feels a little more organic. But I have to say, I feel like Larsa has kind of understood the assignment coming back. And, you know, she is very... She's, she's like, not ashamed of who she is at all. I feel like she really is, like, hitting all the right notes talking about her divorce. You know, we haven't gotten... She hasn't talked much about the Kardashians, but honestly, like, I don't particularly care. But I do feel like she is... I was worried that she wouldn't kind of um, play along with the group and that she would kind of be, like, on her pedestal a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I really... I really feel like she has done a good job of kind of getting in there and kind of, you know, feeling out her place in this new group. And I, I'm enjoying her. I I don't know if I would say she's like one of my favorites as a person in the cast, but like, I think she's doing a good job on this season. I think so. I, I completely echo, echo that sentiment. I think um, it's been a pleasant surprise with her in terms of how engaged she's becoming. I don't think she was engaged from the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I don't think there's enough going on on this show that we don't need, you know, why her and Cam aren't super close anymore to be like a plot line on this show. Like, I, and then that just feels like it's, I don't need that, you know, there's enough else going on and enough other um, things to pick apart uh, for us. And I mean, like her and Adriana to me is like an amazing, they, 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 they pop together on screen. Like mm-hmm. they do not like each other clearly. And it's, it's starting as sort of this playful kind of shady thing that I think is creates for some fun scenes, but it's clearly going to kind of level yeah. up to something a little bit more intense. And that's one thing. I think the one kind of takeaway positively from Larsa's first time on the show was her back and forth with Adriana. Right. And that was kind of, that was kind of the biggest drama of that season. There wasn't like a ton happening in Miami season one. And so I love that they've kind of preserved that dynamic a decade later, considering that I don't think they really have spent much time together since then. (laughs) Definitely not. Yeah. And I think, and I, (laughs) and I think that Larsa and Lisa are clearly like relatively good friends. Like I believe that friendship in in like Mm -hmm. a true way beyond the show. So I think that also adds to like, okay, she, there is sort of a connection here that makes sense for Larsa to come back. So, um, I'm excited to see if she continues to sort of sink her teeth into the into the drama because she was again like no even Lisa wasn't safe at that dinner like she she was like kind of throwing some digs at Lisa. Yeah, it really they really were kind of mixing it up and it didn't just feel like it was like one side versus the other side. It's like, "Oh wait, wait, you said this about me? What did what did that mean when you said that? Oh, I didn't know you were talking shit about her." Like it's very yeah. You know, it, it there's a lot going on and I'm enjoying it. And they just did their reunion in New York. So I'm, I'm really excited to see kind of how the mm-hmm. rest of the season plays out. And I really hope that they bring it back. You know, it, it oh. seems like people have been loving it. I feel like there's so much potential there. I think, you know, obviously it's on Peacock. So I think there's probably less like 
actual, there are probably less viewers, there's probably less online chatter about it than maybe Bravo is used to with that, with their Housewives franchises. But mm-hmm. I think I did see that. Aren't, aren't they going to air Ultimate Girls Trip on Bravo? I think I saw that somewhere. Yes, and so I'm like, saw, maybe, maybe eventually they'll do that. With, it, yeah. Yeah, maybe the, maybe Miami will, will will air its fourth season on Peacock, and maybe while they're filming the fifth season, they'll put it on Bravo, like at you know alternate alternative time slots, and like get more viewers plugged into it for a fifth. Because I think there's so I mean again, we have like eight. I think it's like eight told eight or nine total women in this group that are like, I mean there's there's just so much there. So I think doing a one season return would just be really disappointing, and I don't think I think they've earned their keep here for sure. Totally. Yeah. Well, Gibson, this has been so fun. Thank you for coming on. It's been it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is um again, there's there's a lot going on and this has been <laughs> a a big week and I think again, I think for I think if one thing sort of reunites all all of us right now, it's like it's like w- what we saw from Jenny's post is so deplorable and so like just not acceptable and I just I think we're we're waiting on the response. Um but yeah. in, until the, until then, it's sort of like clearly the show is going to keep on trucking, and there's like there's so much happening on the show outside of that, and it just there's layers to this, Dylan. <laughs> I, mean, I think exactly. we're all working through it. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. we you will have to come back next time when some uh, when some more layers have been unveiled. I'm but down. until then, tell everyone where they can find you and listen to your podcast and everything. Of course. Um, so you can follow me at Gibsonoma on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter's where I do all my live tweeting, which I'm sure you've seen. And then um, you can listen to my podcast, which we have one interview per week. It's like 75% Bravo. The other 25% are other reality stars and celebrities. Um, It's available wherever you get your podcast. It's called We Should Talk. And uh, would love if you tuned in. You should definitely check it out. Gibson is one of the best uh, Bravo live tweeters and also one of the best interviewers out there. So... Wow, thank Get you. Get into it. I appreciate that. <laughs> don't forget to rate, review, and follow our show wherever you listen so you don't ever miss an episode. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.